This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Grecian's Gossip. Um, just the three of us today. I'm with David Byram. Hello. And Jamie Hawkins. Hello. No Dan today, but um, plenty to discuss, so let's crack on. Uh, Three-all draw with the Oval Town. Incredible, uh, incredible game, incredible result. Both of you guys are at the game. David, thoughts? It's difficult to say where to begin, really. The whole, the whole day was just surreal, you know. I mean... From seeing Andrew Lincoln there to begin with, which was you know, complete bizarre. And then the first half was just a complete non-event. It was both teams put in plenty of effort, but just weren't good enough to break the other team down. And then the second half was just complete mayhem, you know. Um, Arthur Kryshek having to make a wonder save in the first couple of minutes of the second half from a, a completely fluffed clearance from his own player. And then Ollie Watkins put a forty-six into an even better save from about three or four yards out, and then uh, Yeovil going ahead against a running play, and then just City just completely collapsing, then then coming back. It was one of those days, you know. I when Yeovil went three 0 up was obviously game over, but then when Wheeler scored, even though it was eighty-eighth minute, you suddenly thought, hang on, it was half a chance here because Yeovil weren't anything special, and it was just complete. Honestly, the, the whole day, it's going to live long in the memory, I think. Just, you know, just the, the celebrations on the Big Bank and, and the, on the Gold Grandstand, just in the just as soon as Reuben Reed hit the ball home, it was yeah, incredible. You know, Paul Tisdale running down the shots line, nearly being sent off for his celebrations. <laughs> just the whole day. Incredible. Jamie? Mm. Yeah, I mean, been going to the park now for, you know, 15 years, something like that, at least, and I've never seen anything like that before. I've seen some comebacks, but that's just, I don't know, from 1 or 2 nil down, nothing on that magnitude at all. It was one of those games that was low on quality, but high on entertainment and everything. And yeah, like David said, it all started before kickoff with Andrew Lincoln there. It's just, you know, being 3 nil down, I think, oh, he's not going to want to come back again, is he? And then full-time, he might get a season ticket. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, it really just showed, one, what City are poor at, I think, in you know defensive slip-ups, um, quite quite poor. And then, you know, on the other side, the, the quality that we showed in terms of the goals, Wheeler's goal was you know, a great goal. I don't think people particularly remember that one. Because um, it was only seen as a consolation, I think. But you know, it just showed, didn't it, how um, you just got to keep going. And you know, maybe it says something that Wheeler and Reed scored and were both on the bench. Mm. But that was a different reason. I think. Well, one thing I've noticed is that both of you guys, but also other people I've seen speaking about the game, actually been quite critical of Yeovil, saying not you know they weren't great by any means. I heard a lot of people say they weren't. You know, were actually sort of relatively poor, but. They obviously did go 3-0 up against City. So I mean, what does that say about Exeter, the fact that, well, not just they came out from 3-0 down, but the fact that they went 3-0 down in the first place to, to a relatively limited team by the sounds of it? I think, to be fair to Yeovil, they were uh, they were very clinical with the chances. You know, they pretty much only had three chances all, all game, apart from, well, one in the second half where, uh, where 
Chris, where, well, first half where Christy Pim pulled up a good save, and then a couple. Yeah, when it was 3 0, actually, they did look like they were going to run right for a few minutes. City just looked shell shocked, and I think that was the thing. No one could believe how, how City were 3 0 down to this poor side. But um, I, I thought it was almost like a, a, a bait and switch from you able to play that badly, then end up 3 0. But um, I think, you know, it was. It wasn't so much. I don't think, you know, I don't think Paul says I'll look at the, the performance and be too worried, to be honest, although they did go 3 0 down. A lot of it was, you know, just individual mistakes and you know you can't really account for those too much you know Ryan Harley giving the ball away for the first one Ruben Reed giving the ball away for the second one third one was a bit more of just a, a sloppy set piece defending but by that point I think City were just completely bemused how they were what how they would tune them down at that point anyway so I think you know I don't think I don't think Paul Cizab will be too disappointed he might be a little concerned with the fact City didn't take the lead when they were on top in the game and how it did take them a little while to get into the game. You know, first off was a, they didn't really have many, many efforts on goal or anything like that. But um, I think it's a case of just uh, you know, just you know, take, taking the positives from the game. You know, I think to be three 0 down and come back and, and take a point. I think he can't be too too upset with that. Even if before the game you might have thought the two points dropped. That's thing, Jamie. Is it point gained or two drop? You think from well, yeah. I mean, think before the game, everyone was saying anything less than three points would be a a disaster, really. And you know, I think from what we said last week, that like Yeovil, you know, they're quite poor. They don't score many goals. Um, I think the feeling as walking out on the ground, it was like a win, celebrating. You know, it's great combat. And then, you know, I guess thinking about it long term, actually. Probably should have won. I think the chances we created, um, but you know, you, when you come back for three 0 down, you're going to take a point, aren't you? And it could, you know, be pivotal. We could look back if we're in seventh place or sixth, whatever. If we're in the playoffs, I think that was perhaps the one that was the game changer for us. Um, yeah, you've got to take the positives. I think you know it's been a, a tough. Um, run also with the Accrington loss and then bounce back straight away at Cheltenham so it's been quite hit and miss recently like I said we've seen the best and the worst of City in the last couple of weeks but um, you know I think when Tisdale after the game spoke to players I don't think he could have criticised them at all I think you've got to be positive about these things definitely mm. David what kind of uh, areas for improvement do you think that game highlighted for City? Uh, I think Midfield again, to be honest, it, it seems to be a, a sort of running theme. He he played Jordan Tilson and, and Lloyd James in the middle, and James had a really good game match, I thought. But um, again, it was a case of you know both goals sort of just oh, the first two goals just both sort of came through the centre of midfield where a player had given the ball away or something like that, and no one was able to win it back, and it sort of just caught them cold. And I think just that you know that midfield area, I think I think if if Lee Holmes comes back soon, I think that will improve because. You know, it just gives the midfield a bit more space and stuff like that. Whereas at the moment they're all quite bunched together and it's not really working in that respect. Um, apart from that, I'm, I'm trying to think. I can't think of too many clear areas. Maybe chance creation, that sort of thing. You know, first half it was only really Ollie Watkins who managed to get up on the ball and create chances. Jake Taylor linked up well with him, but apart from that, there wasn't really that much. Um, uh, Liam McAlinden took a, a long while to get into the game. He was quite good in the second half when he was playing, but I can't remember him even, get, even getting a touch in the first half, to be honest. But um, 
And uh, obviously Craig Woodman's injury is a sort of big worry as well. I'm not sure how long he'll be out for yet, but uh, it could end up being out for the season with his broken arm. So uh, that's a sort of not an area of improvement, obviously, but that's a area to, to look at and be slightly concerned about because he's played so well this season. Mm. Well, plenty of uh, food for thought then for Paul Tisdale, I suppose. Let's um, uh, give his uh, post-match interview a listen to and see what he had to say about the game. Your 559th game in charge. Yeah, it's been some, it's been some games, but that was a. It, it just shows you, you know, you um, one goal can become two. It's something we talk about all the time when we're when we're leading. If you're leading by two goals, you know, that first goal that gets the op- the opposition moving is so, so so important not to concede, and occasionally. Three goals have the same, you know, you're, you're three, and I, th- I think it's a lesson to our team as well, a lesson to me and the, the coaches. You can never count your chickens, you know, you um, don't celebrate early, don't, don't think you're there. It's one goal can become two, and when you get two, two can become three. And there's a lot of things happened today, you know, I think we played really well for 60 minutes. The first half of it was a, was a, was a shutout, it was a stalemate, and a strong wind. and um, I didn't have Ruben or David to start the game today. Both both have not trained all week. I just didn't want to play them from the start. I just thought they'd run out of steam and they hadn't trained at all. So I think I think a sort of a, a stalemate half-time suited both teams really. Um, but uh, wow, what a what a final half an hour! I mean, it was uh, yeah, really exciting and full of mistakes, but full of good football. Yeah, I mean, for 60 minutes, it looked like one goal might just be enough to win it for either side. Absolutely, and it came with a mistake. Ryan Harley makes a mistake, but you—not not, not an awful mistake. Just a, you know, he got, he got pinched in the middle of midfield, and it was a really good finish from him. But um, if I'm if I'm being if I'm being critical, I don't really want to get into that today because the, the players have shown so much, and I want them, I want them to leave today feeling good about themselves because they showed so much character and, and belief. We um, we made a meal of the second two goals, their second and third goal. We should have done better. And you've got to stay in it. You know, don't, don't let the game creep away from you. So, yeah, it was a um, it, the first 15 minutes of the second half. I thought was our best. We were in control. We had, we looked like the side most likely to score. And then of course they nicked nick the ball and they go one nil up. So um, there'll be twists and turns between now and the end of the season. And, and that just shows you during half an hour the twists and turns. Absolutely. Um, just to talk us through your emotions. First of all, when David Wheelers went in, did you think there was still a chance then? Yes, one becomes two. So all you have to do is concentrate on the next goal. You know, if you're three 0 behind, we've done, it, we've done it once at Oldham, back in League One, six seven years ago. You know, if you're three behind, the most important thing is not to concede a fourth. You know, we, we still we still have to we still have to um, listen to the you know the moans when we send everyone back to defend a corner. You know, when you're goal down, the most important thing is you don't concede a second. <laughs> Let's chase one goal, not two. You know, and. Um, we, 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 I think I think the older game those years ago was different. It was a it was a, um, a more structured, it was patterned to the game. Today was just frenetic, frenetic, and uh, you know we just David scores, so you just have to concentrate on the next goal. And if we score two, then let's think about the third. Always one step at a time in football, and uh, today was no better example. Real poacher's goal for the equaliser as well, because the temptation for Ruben must have been to lash it first time. Yeah, it's it's. I'm conflicted. I'm sitting here conflicted because 
I'm, I'm looking at all the things we did poorly to, to, to lose three goals. I think all things we did really well to come back. And uh, Ruben showed a, a lot of composure. Take the first touch and then lift it into the net was, uh, was brilliant. But he played his part in some of the, the play that led up to the second and third goal. So they're, they're all culpable. They're all culpable of that, but they were all responsible for how they rallied and, um, and came back. And it was brilliant. I mean, you know, the, the, the injury to Craig Woodman, you know, sort of contributed to the circumstances. We ended up changing our system because we had to. Um, and that gave us some fluidity in that last minutes also so um, Troy Brown eventually scores from a, co from a corner so can have 10 this season sorry can have 10 this he's season have, yeah, yeah he's going to have 10 now he's going to be the floodgates have been open um, but it was a it was a good corner and we hadn't had enough of those you know so again in the dressing room great but great goal but come on we've got to deliver more more corners like that you know it's got to be better how important is it just the simple fact that it keeps you in the playoff places with 17 Keep momentum. It's another point. We, set, we, go, we, we keep going forward, and the feel of going to the next game, having not been beaten, is huge. You know, you, you're accumulating points. Seven games to go. There'll be times between now and the first weekend in May where we think we've blown it. There'll be times when we think we've, we're cruising it and we've, we've won, and it all feels great. And, and in either case, it'll be untrue until the, the whistle's blown. The last game of the season, we're not there, or we haven't blown it. We're, we're, we're in it, and that's how we have to view this. We're in it, and we've got to stay there. We've got to keep as many players fit as we can. Craig Woodman now is it's just going to be out for however long it takes for a broken arm. Um, Any early news on Jake? Or don't know. Jake off, maybe an X-ray also. So gained a point today, lost one, possibly two players. So and it'll be like it'll be top two, and we, we won't be the only team. There'll be other teams doing the same thing. This this, uh, this final. Five or six weeks. Other teams losing players, losing leads, coming back and holding nerve and, and, and uh, stay composed. And like me in the, in the, in the, the ten seconds <laughs> following our equaliser, I sort of jumped up and down a little bit. Um, but you know we've got to keep our composure. Uh, yes, what exactly was said at that instant? What a wonderful third goal, Paul. Um, <laughs> what a fabulous match, and uh, we've only got two minutes to go. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, there we go. So we've listened to um, Paul Tisdale's thoughts. It does leave the, the playoff race looking incredibly tight now. I mean, uh, City just in there purely on uh, on goal difference now, uh, just ahead of Carlisle. I mean, um, Jamie, we discussed how, how tight it is. I mean, City need to start improving anything to, to kind of really sort of consolidate that spot. Yeah, I mean, um, however, all the other teams around us don't seem to be in great form either, apart from. I guess the the top three um, and Stevenage, you know. Apart from that, well, Blackpool absolutely flying at the moment. The teams that were there, you know, Carlisle have absolutely capitulated at all. You see the goal difference minus two compared to everyone else. So, um, you know, like we keep saying, every game now is going to be big. Um, you know, had we lost on Saturday, you know, wouldn't have done anything to to harm the. Playoff race, I think we'd have been out of the playoffs, but um, you know, the, you just gotta keep going at it. I think you know, Saturday you've got Mansfield, which is a absolutely huge game, but um, you know, it's so, so tight up there, and it's gonna be one of those where a defeat, okay, would be disappointing, of course, but would it you know affect the playoffs in the, the long haul? I don't 
think so. I think, like I said, it's going to go to the last game of the season, I reckon. David, how are you feeling about City's prospects for the playoffs at the moment? I, it's it's impossible to tell. I've given up making predictions for games because <laughs> I just don't know what's going to happen anymore. Mm. But um, I think the, the, the key thing is it's up for grabs, it, you know, for any team in there. And I think it's you know the four teams who want it the most will, will take it. You know, as as Jamie said, Blackpool are on such a great run. I think they they sort of said right, we want this playoffs. We're going to push for them. And I think um, you know if, if you look at the way City came back on Saturday, I think that you know you can't question their desire that they want this and it's a case of you know now turning that into performances do, do you think you know given going down you know 3-0 down and then coming back do you think nerves are playing a slight factor in things possibly I mean you look at it in that way that um, you know they started off their run at the beginning of their, well, their, their run in uh, in December or November or whenever it was when they were bottom of the league and they had no pressure on them at all and suddenly they found themselves in the playoffs and that's where they started to suffer a little because they might be thinking now teams are coming at us, teams want to, want to try and get in the playoffs and where they have to be shot at. Whereas beforehand, it was more a case of, you know, let's try and get into the playoffs rather than now we're in the playoffs, we need to stay there in a way. So I think it might be a case that, you know, if you look at look at it from Saturday's point of view as well, going through and down, being nervous, three and down, everything to play for, nothing to lose, let's go for it. I think it's a case of, you know, once you've got, once you're sort of looking in from the outside, it's uh, it's sort of easier to to try and sort of picture that. But once you've got something tangible in your hands to grasp, you might it might sort of start to play in your mind a little and thinking, oh, we could be we could do with a point here if we get a point, we'll stay in the playoffs or something like that. Always really should be thinking, you know, if we get a win here, we can sort of consolidate our place in the playoffs. Jamie, do you agree with that? Or? Yeah, I think, like I said before, it's so up in the air at the moment. No team around there is on a consistently good run. It's um, it's going to be so hard to call. I mean, <laughs> you'd be a brave man to, to predict who will be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, you know, you just got to keep the belief there. I think the pressure. And, I mean, I'd say the pressure's getting some of it. I think everyone's talking about it. the fans are talking about it. Players Tisdale, they'll play it down, but you know, with. So few games to go and being in seventh place, you're going to be talking about, aren't you? Um, which I guess gives you extra incentive when you're going into a game. You know, you can say, right, win here and we'll be right up there, you know. And you know, that game on Saturday is a a comeback of a side that wants to be up there. You know, if we lost that game, it would have been a completely different story. We are having a completely different discussion about oh maybe we've blown it now that's it but um you know to come back from that sends a message again to the other side like okay they they want a really good you know run they've come back well and um yeah it's, it's so hard to call at the moment mm. still too early i think mm. i think it's key as well that um you know despite the fact they've got experienced players on the side you know you look at players like jordan Mortaylor who played still quite young but played quite a few games but not many of them have been in this position of actually you know they've had playoff pushes but they've never been this close to being able to qualify and I think you know I think that's I think we'll learn quite a lot about the players in the next few weeks to be honest in, in sort of their their man, mentality and it will give give them well it definitely give them good experience going forward but you know and you, you want that to be a positive experience as well mm. it's kind of a new team I guess in a way when we went out went up from the playoffs in the conference straight up to League One. 
it's virtually the same side, same squad. I think we brought in a few players, but you know, you've got once you've got that group of players, um, you know, who know what it takes to get promoted. You know, we see so many sides that go up from the conference straight up to to League One without making many changes, and um, you know, we've got a mixture with youth players and a lot of experience in the in the side. I don't know how many of the players have tasted sort of promotion success, but it's yeah, it, it would be important definitely. Mm-hmm. Can you see some of the um, more experienced players playing a key role in that regard, David? Uh, I think so. You know, you look at the goal scorers on Saturday. David Wheeler, who whilst he's not played at a high level, has you know he's played so many games for City now that he's he's one of their key players. Troy Brown, you know, everyone knows how experienced he is. He's getting a second goal, and then Ruben Reeves, you know, a, a top name striker for this level, getting a third. And I think that's partly where the the key players need to step up now, to be honest. And you know, players like Ryan Harley, who's flitted in out of, out of games a little recently, he needs to sort of really nail his colours to the mast in a way and really sort of say look this is how you do it in the playoff run that sort of thing and uh, I, I think that's that's where players do need to step up now and I think some of them are and, and a couple probably need to mm. sure. Right well we've mentioned earlier that um, Andrew Lincoln was um, was at match as well if we um, give a quick listen to what uh, what he said about the game one of my oldest and dearest friends happens to be Paul Tisdale. Oh, really? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I've been watching him very, very uh, avidly throughout his whole career. I've been very, very proud of him. I'm in the country for uh, four more weeks, and I wanted to represent uh, and give him a lot of support. I'm very, very impressed with the progress he's made and who he is as a man and as a manager. And uh, how, how, how did you and Paul meet, then? He tackled me for furiously from behind at my school and introduced himself. Oh, right. So he, he ruined your football career before it got started? I don't think I ever had a football career, <laughs> but if I had one, it was over that day. Right, there we go. And David, I'll just sort of ask you, when did you learn that he was actually um, at the match? <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one, actually. Uh, so I was sat in the press box at about uh, 2 o'clock, um, and I saw a few people stood around Tiz, and I thought, uh, that's weird. He doesn't Tiz doesn't easily speak to, like... I just thought they were match sponsors or something like that. I thought because they're all dressed quite smartly. I thought Tiz doesn't usually speak to player people before the game. And thought you know just got a picture to put on the live blog, nothing more of it. But I actually put it as a caption: Paul Tisdale's being mobbed by Exo City fans at the moment. <laughs> and then Exo uh, um, Grecian actually on Twitter tweeted a picture saying, uh, "Oh, the Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln's the latest big celebrity to be watching City." And I thought. I can't be him. I, and I looked at the uh, looked at the picture. I thought that's that's got to be a lookalike. And I looked down. I thought, hang on, that that is him. <laughs> and then yeah, then um, I managed to grab a quick quick chat with him before actually just as the players were running out of the tunnel, which was a bit bit on the on the foot. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, nice guy, and uh, he was obviously pleased to see Paul's doing well. Jamie, as a, as a City fan, what do you make of this um, sort of procession of uh, big name people now watching <laughs> City play? I mean, I'm a Walking Dead fan, so I was like amazed by it. Like, I just saw well, some mate who showed me a tweet of it, and in the second half, it well, it sort of overshadowed the game. The first half, it was just all about him, like. um, and then we could see him sat in the main stand in the second half. So it was like every time there was a goal, we were looking at him for his reaction. Like, is he jumping up? Um, but yeah, we quite notorious, I think, for bringing celebrities down. I mean, Obviously, we're Michael Jackson, you're again on the board. But um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. So how we... to follow those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With all due respect to Angelique, appreciate it. Yeah, it's interesting how we get all these uh, names as well, isn't it? I was uh, I was sat next to Mark Foster, the Olympic swimmer, swimmer at Luton last week. He's also friends with Paul Tisdale, and I was <laughs> I was a bit starstruck by him. So Andrew Lincoln was just way over my head. <laughs> oh dear, bizarre, nice stuff. Um, uh, right, we also uh, caught up with uh, David Wheeler. So if we um, have a quick listen to uh, what David had to say about things. Yeah, it's um, pretty crazy, crazy second half, isn't it? Um, just goes to show that I sort of. Um, you know, the last 10 or 15 minutes, we went 3-0 down, look, you know, looking looking around, seeing, you know, people streaming out, out of the ground, and, you know, all credit to the people that stayed, it just goes to show that, you know, I've never understood why people leave before, before the end of the game, and, you know, it's never for lack of effort that we're going to be in, you know, any position in the game, um, and it shows, shows our fight this season and our desire to be, you know, at minimum playoffs and then the chance of going up this season. Yeah, because I, I was scratching my head a little bit at how, how we were 3 0 down with the, the chances we created because we uh, when you're saying looking at 60, 65 minutes we, we should have been perhaps with two or three up ourselves. Yeah, I mean both teams had, had chances. It's just you know it's just one of those things where a few weeks ago we we've scored every, almost every chance we got and we missed a couple and got punished for it and uh, you know the, the three goals they, they took fairly well so you know, it's, it's 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 very very encouraging for us to to come back, especially so late in the game. What's in a player's mindset when you you are three 0 down with 15 minutes to go? What what do you have to what do you think in, inside in terms of trying to get back into the game? Well, predominantly it's 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 about not you know not letting another goal a goal go in. You need to stay solid and stay calm and not not make. Not go to sort of chasing it because you end it end up being you know you're hurting your goal difference, which is also important. Like coming so close to the end of the season, um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's trying to build attacks in in sort of a calm manner and not just sort of lump it forward like hopefully because you know very rarely would you know, especially the sort of team that we are are we going to get much joy from that? Make two or three passes, get into good areas, and make good you know good sensible crosses. We would always get a chance. Um, and then, of course, you hit one in off the post in, in stoppage time and the, the noise levels rise up, rise up around there. And like you said, all credit to the fans that stayed behind and, and got behind the team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, um, the atmosphere lifted huge. I mean, you know, no no fans in the first half, you know, our fans or theirs, had, had much to really, you know, be that cheerful about after the first half. It was quite, quite even, quite quiet. There wasn't too many chances either end and... And you know, it just looked like the game was going to drift by, and and they obviously come out the second half, you know, really really fast and and took their chance as well. Um, and you know, again, credit to people that stayed. It was you know we're going to keep going until the, the final whistle, and and luckily the the chances came for us. Is it kind of a, a metaphor for the the season and how you're going to keep battling until until the end? Because I mean, it's very tight up there at the, yeah. the playoffs, isn't it? Yeah, this may you know this may prove to be a huge huge point for us. You know, going going from looking like there's absolutely no chance to to, to nicking it right at the, right at the death. The three goals come so late, you just never know. And you know, as long as we keep believing, it's it, it's, it's always possible. We didn't go on that run. For, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a luck that we went on that run. We we had the belief that we could do it, and, and we need that coming coming towards the end of the season. 
what was the mood like in the change room at the end? It must have felt like a victory. A little bit, a little bit. We we expect it, we expect more from ourselves though in terms of keeping it out at the other end. We we've leaked too many goals lately, um, and uh, we need to we need to put that right going into the last few games. It's you know we have high standards and, and you know they weren't necessarily met today. So we're gonna we're gonna keep training well, training hard, and, and making sure we we plug those gaps at the back. Right there we go. So. Uh... That was David Wheeler talking. Now, a couple of bits to pick up on on Twitter. Um, one of the first ones, only extra on Twitter. Who do we think will fill the quite spectacular boots of Craig Woodman? Uh, David Gribble, this one, Riley Lowe, I hope. Important JMT, Jordan will tell that, and Brown stay together. Sweeney needs to drop out of that back four. David, what do you make of that? Uh, I agree that Jordan will and Troy Brown need to stay together because that's been uh, City's most successful partnership at the back of the season. And... Connor Riley Lowe has actually impressed me uh, when he's played a left back, but at the same time he's only, well, I think he's 19 or 20, if that. So it's, it'd be, it's, and you, you wouldn't have thought you'd find yourself saying this a year ago, but Craig Woodman's boots are big boots to fill nowadays. Mm. And, you know, he was such an experienced player as well that he could, his experience would have been key in this running. So you, I'm not sure if you'd sort of want to throw a, a slightly unproven, uh, sort of untested youngster into that position. Of you know, with, with with seven games to go, sort of playing in left back. Um, so I think if you know, I, I, it's difficult really. I, I I do agree that that Troy Brown and Jordan Morthaler should play together, but at the same time, you, you would you would want an experienced player to come in at left back. So I think maybe even just you know saying biting the bullet and saying right, Jordan Morthaler moving to the left back. Luke Kroll or Pierce Sweeney, you know, I, I know David Grill said Pierce Sweeney needs to drop out the back four, but he is a he's a good centre back, and um, you know, so maybe even Troy Brown and 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 Pierce Sweeney at, at centre back or or Luke Kroll, and then uh, putting Jack Stacey again at right back. But then the issue you've got, which is the issue that they had all through the beginning of the season, the issue Paul Tizer spoke about so much, is you've just lost all the consistency in the back four. So maybe it's just better to make the one change of, of Riley Low left back. I mean, it's. I think it's you know, it, it's really difficult to to make that decision because Craig Woodman's been playing so well. Is it, it, you know, it's pretty much a toss up between the two. I think, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say for Mansfield, it's such a big game. Play Jordan Mortaigne left back. That's that's my decision. Jamie, what would you like to see? Yeah, it's a really difficult one. Um, as David said, Woodman's been one of City's best players this season, one of the most improved players I've seen at the club. Um, yeah, it's a really difficult one. I mean, Riley Lowe, as good as he looks, and we've all seen you know, the potential he has, to bring him in now at such a crucial point of the season, that could it's going to go one of two ways. Um, I guess the other option is just to go free at the back, maybe. You know, you've got Moore Taylor and uh, Brown, Maybe put Sweeney in there as well, and then have um, Stacey at a wing back. But then who would be on the other side? I mean, I think I know he's out at the moment, but Lee Holmes has sort of played in that position before. How soon will he be back? I'm not sure. I mean, guessing Woodman's going to be out for, for quite a while. Is he going to be out for the mm. season? Uh, difficult to say. <laughs> quite a few yeah. people are saying, well, mm. and just play on, yeah. <laughs> play in the sling. <laughs> 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 
proper Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you um, have you heard any news David about how long he might be out for? Or is it too I early? I did say? speak to Paul Cesar this morning, and it's it's too early to say. Um, he said it's a case of just seeing how because I did see Woodman's arm as it walked, as as he was walking off. It was sort of around the wrist area, and there was a definite sort of dip in there where where it sort of seemed to break or fractured. So they they've tried to set it all back into place now. And I think in about ten days he'll he'll find out if he if he needs an operation or not, and that could be the the key to whether he can play the season or not. I think. Okay. Um, Connor Riley though is an interesting one because I think for at least a couple of seasons now he's been tipped as a very sort of promising youngster in the youth ranks of the club. Um, almost seems to be overshadowed by the likes of Ollie Watkins coming through Ethan Ampadu and whatnot. But I mean, from what you two have seen of him, do you think yeah you know, he, he does have the potential to make it at the City? I think so. I think you know I've, I've seen him a few times this season. And I've been really impressed by it, by what he's done. Um, he did go on loan to Truro at one point in the season, and by all accounts, was the only positive they had in a few games. But his performances, um, I think Portis has actually tried him at left wing a few times as well because defensively, he you know he he played left back against uh, Newport County, and he did look a little bit lightweight. Um, so they, they have tried him on the wing, and he, he's impressed there, but. Um, I think he, yeah, like I say, he could, he could perhaps bulk up a little defensively, but that just comes with experience. I think that sort of uh, it just sort of needs to to get game time under his belt, and and he's done that at Truro, so you, you never know. Maybe he'll come into the side and, and play quite well. Mm. Jamie, are you a fan? Yeah, I've seen him a few times in, um, I guess mainly friendlies and and, and cup games. But um, what I've seen of him is he's a very good. Um, Left back, like David said, perhaps defensively he needs to work on his, um, you know, defending. But attacking wise, he's very, very good attacking, like uh, Jack Stacey bombing down the wing. Um, you know, and you got to think long term. I mean, I don't know how Craig, how old Craig Woodman is, but he's I don't know how long he's going to be around. Maybe you know another year or two. So you really got a long term replacement in there, I think, and. Um, so you need to. I think you need to bring him in at some point to to play more first team football. Um, I don't think he really gets on the bench much at the moment, having really needed that role because Woman's been so solid and consistent there. But um, he's definitely one for the future. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us uh, for the latest edition of Grecian's Gossip. Uh, join us again later on in the week when um, we'll be back then. So see you later.